As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, we're doing it. This is it. We made it here to the Open Practices Eagle Eye podcast. Ruben Frank, Dave Zangaro. Rube, this is a fun day. It is. We're over in the uh, Pepsi Plaza, and uh, it's kind of on the north end of uh, the link, facing that way, north. That helps. <laughs> and uh, I can't really see what's there, but I guess the Philly Stadium and the Spectrum's over there somewhere. <laughs> saw the Spectrum. Back in 1996. I guess the Spectrum's over there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, this is great. Uh, this is a really cool place. In 2004, they had the Eagles pep rally right here. And the Jim Blossoms play right in that, uh, right where that field house. If you look closely, is. you can see a memorial plaque that Rube. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So you brought me. So I'm going to sing. So I'm going to do a medley of Jim Blossoms. <laughs> I'd prefer if you didn't. Okay. I won't. You brought me here a way that I've, I've, I've never really seen the part of the stadium you brought me through. So that was cool for me. I realize that I don't see a lot of this stadium very often. I go to the press box and I go to the field and, and that's about it. It really is a beautiful place. And I mean, we've been to every stadium pretty much in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've been to 58 different NFL stadiums, <laughs> including three in Atlanta. And I mean, this is really one of the two or three nicest stadiums I, I've been to. And anybody who was at the vet, I mean, people glorify the vet. Oh, the vet was great to 700. The vet sucked. Okay. <laughs> it sucked for you. And this place is a, um, it is incredible. And we're, we we're, were talking with, uh, with Merrill the other day about like cats and rats and mice and all the critters at the vet. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. It was, uh, but this place is a, is a cathedral and, uh, Eagles have been good since they moved here, and it's fun to be here. I think tonight's going to be a fun practice. Yeah, yeah. I expect uh, they always put on a show whenever out whenever they're out here. Last year, it got canceled, I believe, for weather. weather so yeah. it's fun to uh, to have the the practice go on. We met some Eagle Eye listeners already. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we have some stuff to talk about. We have football to talk about. We want to talk about some uh, position battles that we kind of highlighted before training camp started. We have some stock up, stock down. And then if we get some questions, some good ones, we will answer them in a little bit the caveat there is good ones guys i will answer any questions all right fine we'll answer bad ones too too much pressure on people (laughs) that's true you want to start with some uh some position battles let's do it you know this year is kind of an 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 odd year in a way because there aren't a ton of like marquee positions that are up for grabs on this team but we thought there might have been one at right guard i wrote about how there might be a position battle there it's not even a little bit of a battle no and you know the first couple days we saw uh, mainly Sua working in there at right guard, but that was just because Isaac was coming off a uh, really serious foot injury, surgery, uh, hadn't done anything, but he's been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's playing really well. And, you know, you talk to the other linemen, whether it's Kelsey or Lane uh, or, or Jordan, I mean, they rave about where Isaac, even Fletch, who's been practicing against him. Uh, did you know that? I learned that today <laughs> uh, on a phone call, on a Zoom call with Fletch, but um, they all rave about Isaac and where he is. And he hasn't missed a rep. He's healthy. Um, he looks great. He's in his seventh year now, and he's in a contract year. So uh, he, 
he's been to me, he's been a real surprise because I'm, I know he's a solid player, but just the fact that he's been so good and so healthy uh, and, you know, just so consistent and steady, uh, whether it's team or one on one or whatever it is, um, he's looked great. I love that. I, I just realized like we started this podcast with the right guard. And I love that so much. That makes me so happy. Because He's, our listeners are in, they care about it's it. It's inside football. Everyone cares. They love about that it. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he he's looked very good. He's he's always been smart, and I think his strength has caught up to that. Uh, he he's physically very imposing right now, and you see him every day against Fletcher. That's you know, even though Fletcher's not you know 2018 version, he's still really good. He's still really powerful, and when he wants to, he can push just about anyone in the league around. He's not doing that. And we watched him battle for years against Brandon Brooks, and they were really fair battles every summer. It, it doesn't look like a crazy big drop-off. No, that's true. And Brandon is, you know, one of the, the best offensive linemen in his team's history. And I don't want to compare Isaac to him. That's kind of unfair. But Isaac could, could be very good. And even if he's not great, he's the weakest link on an offensive line that probably is the best in football. Yeah, and you know he tends to be kind of, I don't know, underrated, I guess, because you're talking about three just superstars at at the two tackles and at center, uh, and Landon Dickerson, who's a really ascending you know guy. But Isaac is, uh, and you know he's really deep. I mean, t- we talked to him. Was it yesterday? I don't mm-hmm. know, the day before. I, I don't even know. But um, recently, we talked to him in the last year. Uh, no, we, we talked to him. Yeah, I guess it was yesterday. And I love his mentality, his outlook. And he's just so grounded. And he said, you know, every snap, every rep I take is third and 10 in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approach it. It's like this rep is the most important thing in the world to me. And then when I when that rep, so because he was asked about his contract, he's like, I'm not fo- I'm focused on my next rep. And you have, he said, you know, if, if I'm focused on anything else, um, I'm, I'm doing my team a disservice. I'm doing myself a disservice. And and he's been around some really wise guys in that O-line room over the years, where it's JP, Brandon Brooks, Kelsey, Lane, and they've taught him well. Yeah, and honestly, the way his teammates talk about him, he's up there with some of the smarter players who have come through that room. Just his, you know, he's very cerebral. He has the mindset of a center when he's at a guard. And that really helps him. And I think that's helped him make this transition from one side of the line to the other because he already knew what everyone on the line was doing anyway. So now he's just got to go out there. And that's why we've seen him at times. And he's played tackle before for this team. So I think he just has a really good understanding of what every responsibility is. And it's a it's a less steep jump, you know, when you're going from knowing everything to now you just have to play. Not many guys can play all five spots. Yeah, there he, aren't many. He can play all five spots. Yeah, he can. All right. You want to move on to the next position? What's battle? Next? Let's do that. Next on my list is cornerback. And it's, you know, it's not the most exciting one necessarily because they had the top three spots pretty well locked up. Starius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox. They're the three. They're the starters. Uh, but after that, it's fascinating to me. They have nine corners who are all you know 26 or younger. Most of them are 24 or younger. And they have really just one or two spots, because Zach McPherson's going to make the team as the fourth cornerback. And after that, it's anyone's game. You know what I mean? It's anyone that can make, make that team. Well, let's start with Zach, because... You know, he's he kind of was given that third outside corner spot when camp started, and he's really taken ownership of it. Yeah, uh, he's been really good. He's had a. I was actually standing with Mike Quick yesterday at practice. I think it was yesterday, and it's all kind of a blur at this point. Um, and he was just marveling at how far he's come. Uh, he's a really aggressive kid. He's got long arms, uh, and and he's um, he's physical. He's physical and aggressive, and 
Um, he's really separated. I mean, he. I think. Look, he was a fourth round pick last year, so he was going to get the first kind of first shot at that, and he's he's really done everything he can to to hold on to it. Um, he's really gapped all those other guys. Yeah, and most likely he'll have to play at some point this year. Last year, it was amazing how healthy Slay and Steven Nelson were able to stay really all year. Um, it's rare for that to happen. Uh, so I, I think there's a chance he'll have to play, and I feel like they're in a better spot with him in year two if he has to be thrown in there. But after him, it's so fascinating to me because I don't know who's going to make this team. Normally you have a sense of like who might be in the lead. I think Josiah Scott, has a good shot at one of these because he he's already a nickel corner and then he's been practicing safety a little bit. So he has that versatility and he also is a pretty good special team or he's a gunner. So I think he has a leg up, but I wouldn't bet on it. I, I It scares me. I don't know who's going to make the team. And also, I mean, he doesn't play outside at all, does he? No, I mean, he's, he's pretty much a, a slot only, but if he can play safety too, then that gives him yeah. versatility in a different way. Yeah, and we've seen all the other guys just take turns, whether it was Mac McCain or Ty Gowan, or uh, we saw Josh Joe make a great play yesterday. He was getting reps with the two. So it's basically been McPherson and a, and a you know, rotating cast at the other side. And they've all flashed they have. at times. Uh, you know, you know that I'm a big Ty Gowan fan. His pass interferences have bothered me uh, because I feel like he is a very aggressive player and he has the requisite length. He's taller than everyone else. He's 6'1, which, you know, a few inches out there makes a big difference. And he's long. He's. He's super aggressive. Sometimes that gets him in trouble. Uh, but all the other, like Kerry Vincent has flashed. We saw Josh Joe make a big play the other day in that, that diving pass breakup in the end zone. Kerry uh, Vincent has looked good at times. Mario Goodrich has flashed. So there's all these guys. Mac McCain before he got Mac hurt. Mac McCain before he got hurt. He was, he was, he got the first crack at yeah. the other corner spot opposite Zach McPherson. Uh, even Jimmy Moreland, who's the veteran of the group. He's 26. He's has the most experience. He's had, some good plays too before his injury in the last practice. So um, that's good. I mean, I, I feel like with that competition, they can't go wrong necessarily, but there is some pressure on them to pick the right players. Yeah. And you would think, you know, a couple of those guys are going to be on the practice squad. Uh, you know, they, it's not the kind of group that's going to get claimed. You, you never know who another team likes, but um, it, I can't remember ever seeing this kind of depth at a corner with mm-hmm. this team. I mean, it's a position that's traditionally been weak here, and it's they got all these young kids that can run. Yeah, it's fun, and it's it, it's been fascinating to me since last year when they started. They were trading away like late round picks to bring these guys in, so it's been fascinating to see how that has unfolded. And there's still a lot of time here. The preseason game is going to play into it quite a bit too. Yeah, no doubt, and special teams as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. All right, linebacker. Yeah, and this is you know you said how weird it is to see the depth at corner. Uh, Every once in a while, like, it seems like every day at practice, I'm watching the linebackers make plays and like really confused about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just really, it's really confusing uh, to see the level of talent they have there. And pretty much every player has splashed at times. Splashed? Mm-hmm. Or flashed? Flashed with splashes. Yeah. And this is just, this is uncharted waters. You okay over there? Somebody help him down. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, um, we're not used to having this conversation where, like, there's too many good linebackers. I know. It's weird. And uh, it's – yeah, I mean, TJ's been <laughs> – Barrett, Barrett Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, Nicobe was kind of the guy that we were all going to watch, but TJ – and he hasn't been disappointing, but, I mean, TJ's been so good. Uh, Davion Taylor has, has shown up. 
Um, they just have depth because your white has has been really steady. It's just like, who are these guys and why are they here? Yeah. <laughs> why are they here? How did they get here? <laughs> They're here because, they good linebackers? because they were due. I mean, this is a team that brought you – I mean, God, you go through the names. I saw Nate Gary sign with Washington today. All right, you got Nate Gary. We got TJ Edwards. So TJ's been their best player in camp. He's been terrific. I wrote it, so I'm, i got to stick by it now. But he's been their best player. He makes plays every single day. And he was kind of the forgotten guy of this group because they brought in Kaiser and they brought in Nakobe. And you and I are – I still am very bullish about Nakobe Dean in his future, but he's still learning this defense. He's a little behind these guys. Yeah, and there's no question about it. And it's not really a knock on him. I mean, I, I just think these other guys have been so good. And, um, I mean, when when training camp started, I think I wrote this. I, You know, I thought, well, TJ – I said, TJ Edwards – He's not. They're not going to cut him. He's going to make the team, but he's just not going to play that much on defense. He's going to be a situational guy. Somebody gets hurt, special teamer, and now he's like their best player. He's put them in a position where he can't lose his role. He can't. Yeah. And you, you had Kaiser, and and what I've seen from Kaiser is already, you know, there were all those questions about the the rotating cast of veteran linebackers this team brought in, from Zach Brown to, you know, Eric Wilson and guys. Who else? Jatavis. Remember Jatavis? Yeah. Uh, all these guys, and they didn't work out. Corey Nelson a few years ago. I can confidently say Kaiser White is already better through seven practices than those guys ever were in their time here. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he's another guy that you kind of tend to forget about. He's on a one-year deal, yep. so who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, it's a fun problem to have. It's a unique problem to have. I think in 35 years of covering this team, I've never, ever before this year said, they got too many linebackers. <laughs> Davion's kind of the the interesting one of the group because if he would if he was able to stay healthy last year and he played the way he's playing in training camp, they might not bring in Kaiser White. Right. Oh, they probably would. You know what I mean? So yeah. if he's good, then you have some real depth there. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing and it's unique. All right, safety. Safety's next on my list. And this is the one where we were both bullish on Marcus Epps, and that's the last time I'll use that word. I feel like I'm overusing it a little bit. Uh, he's he's lived up to it. He's been one of their most consistent players in training camp, and we're at the point now with Epps that you know if if they take another safety off the field, it won't be him. No, no, he's by far their best safety. How do you think the rest of it's going to shake out? I don't know. It's I mean it's it's the one area that we were concerned about, and has Anthony Harris made a play? Has he made a play? No. He hasn't made a play. He hasn't, hasn't been bad. I haven't seen him get torched, but he just, you'd like to see some plays. He just doesn't show up, and yeah. I don't think Kayvon's been particularly good. So, uh, yeah. Chaposky Tart's still learning the defense. They've had him with the second team, so I, I think he's – you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I went back and wa- – I told you, I went back and watched him from San Francisco, and there's a lot to like there, uh, but it is kind of tough translating it to a different defense. How's he going to fit? I think he can play. Well, I think he's our second best safety right now. He might be by default. By default. I just think he is. And I'd feel better about having him out there than than Anthony Harris, honestly. I didn't want to bring Anthony Harris back in the first place. And I liked Rodney. I thought Rodney, uh, by the end of the last year, was, was playing pretty well. And I was surprised that they made the decision they made. Obviously, he's got familiarity with Gannon. But um, it's 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 not a... You know, there's so many positions that are set on this team. That's not one of them. It's not. And another guy is Andre Sashray, who is, you know, known as a special teamer. He's made plays. Yeah, early he on. Some, he got some first-team reps. Yeah. He, well, he had back-to-back days with interceptions. He did. 
you know? He did. And and another guy, we talked about Josiah Scott as a cornerback, but he's been getting second-team reps at safety. I, I don't mind an undersized safety. I think back to Avante's rookie year when he, they were forced to play him back there. I think there's something to be said. You don't need – it's not 95. You don't need big safeties who are going to wallop. You need guys who are rangy back there. Maybe convert Britton Covey? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. But uh, I I think they might have something there. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I still think, I still think Tart's their best option. I mean, it's not like he's been great, but he's been to me, he's been better than the other guys. You think so? Yeah, interesting. And I think he's he's grown. It's been a week and a half, and I think he's already grown into that role. Okay. The last one I have on my list is wide receiver, and it's not at the top. We know the top. We know AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins are the top three. Zach Pascal's the four. He's a pretty good fourth receiver, so the other guys don't really matter as much after that. But the fifth and maybe sixth option on the scene if they keep six receivers. Where do you think this ends up? I'm starting to think Britton Covey is going to make the team. I am too. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's better than I thought as a receiver. He just, lo- I mean, he just looks the part and I know he's short and I know he, you know, he didn't have great receiving numbers in college, but you know, you're, you're really looking for a guy who can return. Their return game has been... He's not going to find the field as a receiver. No, he's not. But I, I've been, I'm i just saying I've been impressed with mm-hmm. how he looks as a receiver. But it, for him, it's going to come down to the return game. He catches everything. Uh, I can't wait to see him in the preseason games because if he can make the kind of plays he made uh, in college, th- why would you cut him? I mean, they haven't, had, they haven't been top 10 in the NFL in punt return or kick return since Sproles in 16. So they need some firepower back there, and I think he can do it. Yeah, I agree. He, he's just so smooth uh, as both a punt and, and, look, let's be honest, the punt returner is really all that matters. It's right. so rare that a kick return gets even taken out right. <laughs> at this point. So you need a, a competent punt returner. They I haven't like, had that. He's got swagger for, you know, a guy who is an undrafted rookie 5'8". But he's, I like his attitude. He's a little chippy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like the, the – you want to explain the – the juggling I did in the last pod, but if anyone wasn't uh, listening to that one, it's oh, they a, were. it was a fun drill where uh, the returners had a football in their hands and they had to watch that attract the punt in. And right before it got to them, they had to toss the other football up, catch the punt and then catch the ball. They tossed up to them. And it, it sounds like a drill that's stupid and it has no reason. Right. But uh, it does. It teaches focus and it teaches them to stick with the play and, and track the ball. Uh, and not worry about other things that are happening around them. You have to focus on catching the punt, and then you have to change your your focus and, and catch the other ball. So uh, he he was the only one who did it, and yeah. I think that's telling. Not surprisingly. Yeah. All right, I have some questions here. What do you got? We've been getting a, a bunch of questions in here. Since we're talking about the receivers, I feel like this is a pretty good where to place to start. Uh, Jalen Rager, do you think he makes a team? I keep going back and forth mm-hmm. on that. I, I'm still I'm going to stick with what I said in the beginning and say no. Um, what do you think happens? You think they it's a cut? I mean, because they it would be a bigger cap hit, or do you think it's a trade? I think it'll be a tr- it'll be one of those trades where the team's not giving. Maybe the the other team is a player that they don't you know in the same position needs a new needs a new start. You know, a conditional seven. You know, <laughs> it's just I don't think they're going to cut them. I think when all said and done, they'll they'll trade them. They won't get a lot back, but he can start a new. They can move on from him. I just don't think it serves anybody to have him here. You might be right. I, I, I think if I had to guess right now, I think he's back. He's on your 53, mm-hmm. I saw. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay, I'll go yes. Yeah. We'll have a side bet on that later. 
Uh, next one is we just talked about it. This is Bob Pawala on Facebook. Will Covey so, make the team? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a lot. I'm starting to lean that way. Yeah, I, I think he. I think it's over fifty percent. I think it's better chance of making it than not because I think he's a guy you might lose if you might lose if you cut him. You might get claimed. Might get claimed. <laughs> it's it's the, that's the every year we think that though. Yeah, and I'm always the one saying nobody ever gets claimed, mm-hmm. but he might get claimed. He might. I mean, he has a bigger profile than some of the, you know, he was a, a really good return man in college. Four touchdowns, mm-hmm. I think three punts and a kickoff. I mean, if he plays well enough in the preseason games that they want to keep him, then I think somebody might might claim him. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, this next one is from Jalen Heels. Get it? Jalen Heels. Not Jalen Hurst, but Jalen Heels. Got it. All right. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Goddard and his fair share of the targets. How big of a breakout season could this be for him with the attention to A.J. Brown and a full season as a starter? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the record of saying he'll be a first-time Pro Bowler this year. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were just saying to somebody here who, who came over before we started, if, if you take his numbers after the Ertz trade and project them over a full season, you're looking at 70 catches, 1,100 yards, and like seven touchdowns. That's a Pro Bowl season for a tight end. Um, his yards per target last year, 10.9, is the second highest in Eagles history behind Deshaun in 2010, whatever his all-pro year was. They've been keeping it since 92. So He's such a big play threat. Fifth highest ever by a tight end. Um, he just didn't have that many targets. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have more this year, even with A.J. Brown. I think Jalen loves throwing to him. I think they have a great chemistry. I think I'm writing a story about that for tomorrow. So, <laughs> a little um, foreshadowing there. Yeah, and I think, really, I think Goddard had a breakout year last year. Yeah, I, I think it kind of got overlooked a little bit. He's yeah. he's already a Pro Bowl caliber player. I mean, he's a hell of a blocker. Yeah, well, and, and we'll see what happens because you look in the NFC and there's still, um, you know, you have, uh, gosh, why I'm blanking, uh, San Francisco? Kittle. Thank you, golly. Uh, George Kittle and San Francisco, and you have Pitts in Atlanta who were both made the Pro Bowl last year. Right. So, you know, it's not like it's easy to make it in the NFC, but he he's talented enough for sure. And, I mean, Pitts, Pitts is going to put up huge numbers, but – He's not the block. He's not a blocker. I mean, he's okay. Goddard's a hell of a plus. Goddard, if you look at the last year after the Earth trade, he was the fourth. He was fourth in the league mm-hmm. in yards behind. I think it was Pitts. Was it Pitts? Not Kittle was hurt. I think it was Pitts, Gronk, and um, Kelsey. And Kelsey, or no, it was Andrews, Andrews, oh, Kelsey, and uh, and Pitts. But yeah, but I mean, that's the that's the group that he's in. He's he's that good. Next one from Rob Gamble. What happened to Huntley? I thought he was pretty good. I think he is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we like Huntley. Yeah, I think he has a shot to make this team and he he has that kick returner ability and they 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 maybe he can return punts at some point, but he does have the speed that the breakaway speed the other guys didn't have and we saw it at the practice the other day. He was running hard. He was. And he got a little more reps cuz Boston's out with a concussion uh and he was running angry. Mm-hmm. I think he was like trying to make a statement that hey, I finally got but it's, it's going to take an injury to get me reps. Come on, I can play. Um, I just don't know. I mean, there's not going to be playing time with Gamewell, Boston, and Miles, but I like Huntley. Yeah, I do too. Uh, next one from Foxhound. Do Dave and Rube get along off camera? No. No. Uh, next question. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the next one. I got to find one here. <laughs> yeah, we get along. <laughs> yeah, we do get along. I got a lot of Covey questions. People are curious about bringing Covey. Yeah, I don't blame them. I am too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, uh, I think definitely 
once we get to the preseason games, they're actually matter for him. They might not matter for a lot of these guys. And I think the joint practices are great for a lot of things. They're not great for special teams. Right. That's true. We were talking to uh, Clay Harbor yesterday was at practice and um, he was asking me about Britton Covey. And I mentioned that his grandfather was Stephen Covey and Clay's like, (laughs) Stephen Covey. I saw Clay tweet about that. Did he really? Yeah. He's, he was like blown. He's like, that's my favorite author. <laughs> He's like, do you think he might if I went up and talked to him about him? No, he loves talking about him. And yeah, he does. Stephen Covey is like one of the best-selling like self-help mm-hmm. type authors ever. Yeah. His his biggest book, Clay said, it was it's the seven principles of something or other. <laughs> that's not, is that the official That's title? not the official title. <laughs> it, it sold 25 million copies. Which is twenty four point nine million more than my book on uh, the fifty greatest plays in Eagles history. So you might catch him. I, I'm at this pace. We'll get him. <laughs> uh, next one from Zach Frain. What front have they lined up most defensively in camp so far? I'll take this one. I, I think it's been a real mixed bag. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I think it would, the percentages would end up pretty close. They they've really mixed it around quite a bit. Yeah. If, if I mean, I think. I would say more three, four, just because it seems like they like working on that more, maybe because they have more work to do. I don't know. I, I it, it it's, feels, it's close. It, it goes from play to play, which is the fun thing here. And that's how versatile it can be. I mean, they can show different fronts on back to back plays and they have the yeah. players to not even like, there's no tells really. I mean, I guess the biggest tell is the biggest player, Jordan Davis, right. but he, he doesn't have to play the nose in a three, four. I mean, he can play the four. eye. yeah, you know, he, he can play, Pretty much anything. Can, He's can, so we just, can we talk about him for a second? Sure. We can uh, is there him. a question about him that we can answer? I'll, I'll, let's just I'll pretend ask there is. Yeah. How's, how's Jordan Davis look? Uh, big. Wait, should I tweet it to you? Yeah. Uh, he looks big and athletic and fast. And powerful as yeah. all get out. He's been fun. and He's better than I thought. I mean, he's more advanced than I thought. As a, as a pass rusher, he's more advanced than I expected. Because he wasn't asked to do it. So you're, you're going off his athleticism and you think, okay, well, he has the athletic ability to become a good pass rusher, but he has to put it together. He has to figure out how to pass rush. And it's, it's not just, you know, learning the moves. It's kind of flipping your mindset a little bit into a more aggressive defense. Right. I think back to when Javon Hargrave got here a couple of years ago and he was coming from Pittsburgh and he was slowed down by the injury, but right. I remember talking to him about just the flipping the mindset from two gapping to now attacking getting after quarterbacks and how it really kind of just, it takes a while to figure that out. Uh, Jordan Davis is really natural with it right away. Yeah. You know, what's impressed me is his fitness level. You know, you hear all these things about how he was, his reps were limited at Georgia because he wasn't in shape. I mean, he looks great. I think he's really taking it seriously. He, and he told us at OTAs, you know, he, he, I mean, he talked about that, just how important he knew it was important. He had to, you know, and he got a nutritionist and he, I mean, he looks lean and, I mean, he's he's powerful and lean and big and tall and strong, and he does not look like a guy that's out of shape. And I certainly haven't seen him dragging at the end of practices on hot days. Pretty chipper. It's been impressive to me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That was a big question about it because you're drafting a guy 14th. You need him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and you need him to, to really buy into being a professional. And yep. sometimes you don't really know until – I'll never forget. I was covering a rookie camp once. First practice, I knew this kid that was never going to make it in the NFL. I won't say his name. He was hiding behind the – they have like those squirt water, water bottles. He was hiding behind it during one of the drills. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. Obviously, didn't make the team. Never played in the league. It was a draft pick. I'll tell you off air. Yeah, I'll tell you – yeah, okay. Yeah. 
this is a fun one. Breakout player this year for the birds. Breakout player this year for the birds. I mean, we've talked about a lot of the, the possibilities. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Epps has a chance. It'll be his first year as a full-time starter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's, there are guys in that conversation who you could already say have had breakout years. Yeah. I'm like Goddard. I mean, I, to me, he's already, I mean, he's already a top five now, a top five tight end. How about my Has he already had a breakout? I think so. I think he played at that level. He played at a pro bowl level last year. He just didn't go to the pro bowl. I think he needs to find a little more consistency. It's fair. Mm-hmm. I think the first half of last year, he was a little inconsistent. Yeah. Second half. Um, I'm starting to believe uh, uh, you're going to you're going to give me hard time for this. I'm starting to believe in Josh Sweat a little bit because he's had a great camp. He's had a really really good camp. I'm starting to believe in uh, in Josh Sweat. Security. <laughs> hey, but by the way, Barrett, why did you just call me? <laughs> oh, okay. we're doing a podcast. The Barrett's call me. Um, but yeah, uh, I've, I've I like that you're coming around on Sweat. Yeah, I mean, just he—he's, I mean, he looks fast and quick and powerful. He we've talked good. about the versatility for some of these guys. He's one of those who yeah. is very versatile. He can—he can play in the four-three. He can be an outside backer, in an odd front. He can do a lot of different things. I think this is a scheme that could really benefit for him. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he—he he had seven and a half sacks last year. I'd like to see him, you know, around twelve. Very doable. Yeah, so that's – I think that's – I mean, he went to a Pro Bowl, so I don't know if technically he'd be a breakout guy, but yeah. to me, you you need double digits to, mm-hmm. you know, to be an elite type guy. I I think uh, – I'll give you Landon Dickerson. Yeah. I, I just think – we forget that, you know, we weren't even watching him practice this time last year. Have you thought about Landon Dickerson once all training camp? Yes. Have you? Yeah. Why? Because have you seen him? He's been so uh, quiet, and that's what I want I mean, from a left guard. I watch one one on ones every day, so yeah, yeah, you watch him. But um, it's funny about Landon Dickerson. I mean, when he first started, you know, he started the game at right guard, um, and he w- did not play well. Mm-hmm. And then his first maybe two games at left guard, he did not play well. We were concerned about him. You know, we didn't know what they had, and it was like, wow, this all you know, all this hype, and he's but he just. Something clicked for him, and by the second half of the year, I mean, he was – I thought he was playing at a Pro Bowl level as well. Yeah, definitely. And him missing last summer was such a big deal. Yeah. I, looking back, we were kind of foolish to doubt him after that. Had a lot of injuries. Yeah, a lot of – but that that wasn't my concern initially. It was more about, oh, he's not playing very well. Yeah. But that certainly uh, was taken care of. Let's answer a couple more questions, and then we have to get out of here we have to get the Nick Sirianni's. Uh, press conference. This is a good one uh, from Music Man seventeen zero four six. Sipas was pretty stinky care. at the end. Stinky at the end of last season. How has he looked so far? He needs to be steady. Fair question. And they haven't done a lot of punting and team drills uh, during this camp, but they feel really confident in him. Yeah, you talked to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. He talked about his – the punting wasn't really the issue. It was the drops in yeah. bad conditions. It gets really windy here. Um, I mean, it's tough to be a kicker in an outdoor northeast United States stadium because you're going to get bad conditions from, like, week five on. And, that you know, he, he really worked on that, on his drops in the wind. So, isn't that a Kansas song, Drops in the Wind? D- dust in the Wind? Oh, yeah, that's right. Drops in the Wind is the remix with 
Aaron Sipos. I but and you know Kansas's um, keyboard player lives in Bucks County. Tom Brislin. Is that right? Yeah, you wouldn't know that. Uh, yeah, but I've been, I, I I can't say I've been impressed. With, <laughs> I, the longer we do this, and the the more uh, things you say like that, the less I pretend to be interested. I didn't even give you my top three tracks from Music Man. Saying the guy was a Music Man. But. Uh, let's answer one more question, and then we'll get to uh, to Nick Sirianni. I've seen some questions here about Nicobe Dean. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, one, basically, how much is he going to play, and the other one, which I can't find now, but I did see it earlier, was if you had to utilize him in a certain package or a certain situation because of his skill set, what would that be? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both interesting questions, and I, I don't really know the answer to the first one. I don't know the answer to either because I don't really have a sense yet at what he's really good at. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he's athletic. We know he can run sideline to sideline. Uh, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to play off the bat. Yeah, my inclination would be passing downs because he has the ability in coverage, but he's also a pretty good blitzer. We saw that in Georgia. And we've seen that here, you know, in training camp a few times. They've sent him uh, really in, in the A-gaps at times, and we know that those, you know, those double A-gap blitzes are in the Jonathan Gannon school. I remember seeing him get home once. Mm-hmm. But um, just the fact that they're sending him is, to me, more important than him getting home when you're talking about what he can do and that's how fair. they might use him. Yeah. Uh, as far as how much he's going to play, uh, that's going to be really interesting how this shakes out with the linebackers in the playing time because right now, I, I don't know if he's more than a 15, 20 snap guy when the season starts. No, you're probably right. And that's the one thing we've seen throughout training camp. We'll probably see it tonight at the link is they've really been mixing and matching their linebacker groups. Um, and I think they're just trying to figure out what works and what packages. And, and they did this last year, too, before settling on it. And then they had to shake it up eventually because the, the group they put out there wasn't very good. Uh, but this year, you know, we've seen times where it's TJ and Kaiser. That's been the most common. But they've mixed in the Kobe Dean. They've mixed in Davion Taylor. They've even mixed in Sean Bradley, who can play, too. We haven't yeah. talked about Sean Bradley. Yeah. He's their fifth linebacker. Yeah, he's not bad. He's pretty good. Rancocas Valley. Rancocas Valley. And he, what, are they, what else did he do at Rancocas Valley? Red Devils. Um, well, he was on the uh, RV 4x4 team that set a school record at the Penn Relays. All right. And that's all the time we have here. 317 23. And it was since broken. I feel like you would keep telling us that even after we started. No, 317 22. I'm sorry. <laughs> we regret the error there. That's all we have. Thank NBC you. Sports uh, Philadelphia regrets everyone. the error. For, uh, for tuning in. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We should thank these guys for if making you're this, watching all these guys. On YouTube, I will. Oh, <laughs> if I'm sorry. Thought you going to forget. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button there and subscribe I'm just a as person. Well. And we will thank everyone here, Tom Finer, Alex Ruain, Ashley Hall, Barrett Brooks, who showed up late and that is now saying hi to everyone in the stadium. Thanks, everyone. This has been Eagle Eye. We'll talk to you soon.